This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. It's a privilege and a great blessing to be here. And uh, Bishop Napo, thank you for accepting the opportunity to come to Cape Town when you were sent from Ghana. And into full-time ministry. Because you see, you can have a lot of money, but the money cannot do much for you if you don't have a particular type of person to use the money for. Do you get it? And it is the presence of a particular type of person in a place that stirs you up to invest in that place. And I keep on saying that if he was not doing what is expected of him, do you get it? The, the, the desire for the investment will not have come. Are you with me? So you are as important as the leader that God has chosen in the plans of God. You who is part of everything are important. Hallelujah. You see, like the scripture says, that they without us will not be complete. So it's like, the people that have gone ahead and are leading need the people that are behind. And the people that are behind need the people that have gone ahead. This is also the way of God. So that no one can boast. Hallelujah. Because you can be a very anointed person, but if you don't have faithful followers, your anointing can't go far. And that's the blessing we have in the person of our pastor, our founder, Bishop Doug Heward Mills. Hallelujah. He's a great, is he? You can be a very great leader, but if you don't have faithful, obedient children, your leader, the, the skills, your, the greatness of your, your leadership will not manifest. You always need children who are obedient, who are faithful for your greatness, your skill of leadership to manifest. So you see, we need him just as he needs us. Do you get it? And so, we thank God that God gave us a good leader in him. Because it is by his leadership. Do you get it? It is by his leadership that some of the things we are doing is done. Do you get it? And a leader doesn't need to be the one carrying the, sh- the, the, the thing on his shoulder. A leader, a true leader just gives instructions. No, no, a true leader, a true leader 
gives instructions. But by the instructions they give, when you obey them, you see the wisdom. In fact, there's a verse in Proverbs, I think it's 19, I think 19.4 or so, that talks about those who receive instructions. It's something, they receive a few things, including instruction. Their end will be wise. I think Proverbs 19.4 or Yes. Good. Thank you. Hear counsel and receive instruction. Hear counsel. It's Proverbs 19.20. Hear counsel and receive instruction. Receive instruction. instruction. I don't know the meaning of instruction in English. I just know that it tells you what to do. I don't know, maybe there's an English student here or an English person here. You get it? Me, I'm a science student. I'm not an art student. So, there is linguistics and things are not, are not my thing. You get it? But, it says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. <laughs> That thou mayest be wise in thy latter end, not thy beginning. You see, at your end, your wisdom will be visible. Because wisdom is justified of her children. Yeah, so the Bible, you see, the one, Proverbs is written by somebody who was just a human being like us but was graced with an extra wisdom from God. And he observed, like a scientist, he observed life and how it is lived on earth. And he discovered that those who hear counsel, advice, don't do this, do this. And those who are told, do this, and they decide to do. When you come to their end, you see the art, they are wise. And, and one of the things that I've seen happening to people is just the rejection of counsel and the rejection of instruction. Most people don't want counsel. Most people reject instruction. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Most people don't want counsel. Most people reject instruction. And if you see any church member fighting with a pastor... Often, it has to do with counsel or instruction that they are refusing to obey. Oh, yeah, 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 don't worry. You don't even have to say amen, I know it. <laughs> you don't have to agree with me because I've been a pastor for a while. Do you get it? That's where the fight is. That's where the fight is. And at the end of the day, what good does it do to you when later you say, yeah, I should have listened? Well, how do you think I feel when I see your end and I give you instruction? This thing that you are doing, that it sounds, looks okay to you. This is where it's taking you. 
And then you say, no, he's not taking me there. You don't understand. Then when you are there, do you think I rejoice that, yeah, what I said has come to pass? How can I rejoice that you are destroyed? You see, if I didn't see it coming, maybe I can bear it. But to see the thing coming, to see it coming, and to say, don't do it, don't choose this one, and then you reject it, and then something else happens, unfavorably happens to you. Do you think I can rejoice? Because, you see, whatever it is, remember this, that when you, even as a pastor, do you get it? You, you get connected to people. You see, God doesn't give his flock to butchers. He gives his flock to shepherds. So what it is is that, what is it? Every pastor who has a lot of people in his church following him and things, that pastor has a heart that loves people. Because if you were God, would you give your sheep to butchers? Are you with me? Yeah. If you were, if you were God, would you give your children to butchers? So, so you see, because of that love that you have for people, it hurts. It hurts when you see somebody who could have become this, become nothing, and they are struggling. And it, 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 it hurts. The hurt is in the fact that you saw it. You saw it. You spoke it. You gave instruction. But it was rejected. Sometimes, you, when you see the person suffering, you cry. Yeah, you cry. You know, I've, I, I have a personal experience in my life in relation to my siblings. And one particular one. And you know, when we were growing up, I said, no, don't do this, do this. You said, no, the woman, they will do, I mean, some of them, they will do what they want to do. And this particular one was very stubborn. Now, as I speak, she's in a state that is disturbing. And you see, sometimes when I see her, I just cry. And I realize that, you see, even when you are with dealing with your siblings, you say, I don't care. You do what you want to do. I've told you. And then you but when, when you see them in a certain state, you will begin to care. So, so, if I were to go back to, let's say, 15 years, age 15 years, and to start with my sibling again, I will care. I will do whatever I need to do so that they don't go the way they want to go. Because, you know, when you are young, you think, I don't care, do what you want to do, it's your life, sort it out. Oh, yes, you see, it is their life, they will sort it out, as long as they are in a certain condition. But they can be in another condition, where when you see them, because of the blood relationship. It, it hurts. And so, why am I saying what I'm saying? I'm saying what I'm saying because, you see, most of us, if not all of us, if we allow ourselves to be planted where God has put us, and through the word of God, we yield to guidance. Do you get it? Don't, don't take anything I'm saying to you if it's not in the word of God. But if 
through the word of God, we yield to guidance. We wouldn't have to do much to prosper in every, every sense of the word. Oh, yes. You wouldn't have to do much to prosper in every sense of the word. I'm telling you. Listen, prosperity in whatever way you want to describe it. You don't have to do much. You just... And the reason why you don't have to do much is because there is somebody who is actually in charge of you, who is managing you. And that is the one who has created the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything, and nothing has gone wrong. So what makes you think that his management of you will go wrong? My sister, what makes you think? That because, listen, what is the evidence that he can make a mistake? Because the things he has created that we have seen, and the science as we are learning it. We realize that when we do it, when we do it, there are great failures, there are things that fail and everything. But this guy, who he has created the sun, he has created the moon, he has organized the seas and told them everything. Nothing goes wrong. In the morning, he tells the sea, go back. And it goes back. And in the night, he says, you can come a little bit further. He tells the sun, okay, go to the other side and shine there and let these people sleep. And the sun goes. And he has been going. I don't know how long, but it has been going. He tells you now it's time to rain here. And be summer there. And it's like everything is working. Okay, he tells the earth, keep turning on yourself and keep turning around the sun. And this is the circle in which you must do it. And don't change it by point, not, I mean, point 0.5 of a degree. Just stay in it. And the earth has been doing it. Tells the other planets, you do the same. And everybody's been, there's never been a confusion. So how can it be that when he's in charge of you, there can be a confusion? Are, are you getting what I'm trying to say? So listen, listen. If there's anything Satan will do, is to make you not stay where God has put you. That's the only thing he can do to make what God wants to do with your life not come to pass. Is to make you reject anything God is doing. Reject his word. He says, this is the way to live here on earth. Don't do this. This one is a trap. Don't do this. And then you say, no, I know how to live here on earth. I like it. And I want to do it. And I will do. It's up to you. Do, do you get it? Now, I'm speaking generally, and particularly in the area of the church, because what we're we having is a season where Satan is attacking and making sure that those that can be dislodged are dislodged. You see, my being part of this church has not profited Bishop Dark. It has profited me. No, no. It has profited me. It has profited me. He has nothing to gain. It has profited me. I'm the one who is benefiting by being part of his church. First of all, through his spiritual life, 
he brought stability to my Christian life. Yes, you say God did it. It's true. Just like God actually is the source of the water. But the water comes to you through a pipe. Without the pipe, the water will be in the river. And you may be staying very far from the river. But through a pipe and a system of pumps, you receive what God has given. So you say, yeah, it's not Cape Town Municipality that gave us water. It's God. Yes, it's God who gave. But Cape Town Municipality brought it to you. So in the same way, you see, because we are here in these days, we are not worshiping. Why do we worship a man? Listen, we don't worship a man. We worship God and his son, Jesus Christ, who is our savior, and his Holy Spirit, who is our helper, our teacher, and our guide. Are you with me? But we cannot ignore the need to acknowledge the pipes and the pump systems that are bringing all these things to us. Because to reject and not to acknowledge the pipe and the pump systems that are bringing the water to us is to be ungrateful. And then also, to not acknowledge and to receive those through whom God is working is to make us also not to be received and therefore not usable by God. Yes, because listen, you say we are worshipping a man because we receive the instruction of a man joyfully and all those things. So we are worshipping a man or we always, why are we worshipping of God and all those things. Good. When you say that, you have sowed the seed of rejecting a man. And you are also, unfortunately, you are not an angel. If you were an angel, you can say what you are saying because you are not a man. But you are also a man. And as God raises you and as you grow and develop, God will want to use your life to also be a blessing to somebody. But you have sowed the seed of not accepting a man that God sends. So how can you be sent? How can you be sent? To who and for where? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But sometimes, you see, when Satan gets a chance to have a bite of our mind, do you get it? Then he puts all these things, and it sounds so clever. Do you get it? it sounds so clever, but you forget that there are spiritual principles. That whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. Do you get it? So what Satan is doing is that he's using clever talking to make you reject what actually is meant to bless you. Because if I rejected Bishop, if I rejected Bishop Dag in 1990 when I went to the church, do you get it? Ah, uh, where will I be? Where will I be? Oh, somebody say no. If you rejected, if you didn't, if he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and you whatever, I say, God will send somebody else. Really. Really, really, really. Where is it in Ezekiel? I think 33 or is a son of man. I've made thee a watchman. 
If I say, please put, look for that scripture for me. If I say to this wicked man, and I send you to him, and you don't go, his blood is a son of man, speak to the children of thy people. And say unto them. No, 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 no. Yeah. For I have made thee three. Okay. For I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word and give to them the warning. Let's move on. There's a particular verse. When I say unto the wicked. Thou shalt surely die. And thou givest him not warning. Nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Lord, let me ask you a question. Lord, you are saying that it is not the wicked man who didn't want to hear, but the one you sent, he didn't go. So why don't you send another one? How can you let me die in my wicked ways? When it is the one you sent that has failed me. Why don't you send another one? Is it not common sense? I said, is it not common sense? That if I send you, if I send you to go and give him food, and you don't go, why can't I send another one to go and give him food? Because I know that he needs food, otherwise he's going to die. Now, you see, because people use the argument that even if you were not what you were supposed to be to me, somebody else will be that to me. But meanwhile, meanwhile, in our own lives, people that were supposed to be responsible to us or responsible for us, who didn't do it? Nobody else came. And that is why our life is the way it is. Because the person who was supposed to be responsible for us was, respons- was sent by God. That responsibility was given by God. And yet that person was not responsible. So why can't God send a more responsible person? So you should be thankful. You should always be thankful when somebody who was sent to you came. I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. When somebody who was sent to you came, you should be thankful. Because if they have failed their job, or if they have failed to come to you, you'll be surprised what your end will be like. You see, it is Satan's way of making you not value what you should value. But if you didn't come, somebody else would have come. He said, this is the word. He said, when I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die. And thou, it's not the wicked that didn't hear. But you didn't go to speak to one the wicked from his way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Whether his blood will be required whether your blood will be required at the one who failed to come to you or no, you have died in your iniquity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you should be thankful 
When somebody obeys God and does what he's supposed to do for your life to be what God wants it to be, you should be thankful. No, this is very important. Because Satan is busy spreading lies, deception. You see, there are these seducing spirits, seducing us to believe in lies. What does the NLT say? This, this is not a message I came to preach you. I haven't started a message, but I feel... And listen. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'll stay a little bit longer in church. I'll preach a little bit longer. I'm telling you. So that if you, if you need to go... Do you get it? If you need to go, you can start making plans. Call an Uber now to go. But I'll advise you not to go. I said, I'll advise you not to go. Are you with me? It's just a simple advice. Don't go. He said, if I warn the wicked saying, you are under the penalty of death, but you fail, you fail. Not the wicked, though. Not the wicked fails. Not the wicked fails. You, the one who has been sent, you fail to deliver the warning. They will die in their sins. You see, somebody should have been a good father to you. And that person failed to do so. And it led you to a series of ways of life. That is now not what you want. You see, what will happen to the person and the God who gave him is his problem. But you are suffering for something that shouldn't have happened to you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So every time somebody does what they are supposed to do, always thank God for their lives and appreciate them. Are you with me? Because if you don't, Satan would make you sow a seed of ungratefulness. And you see, what you don't value, you can easily let go of. Do you get it? What you don't value, you can easily let go of. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't think that every church is a church. You see, every church is a church. But every church may not be a church for you. Let me say it again. You see, you see, God is a master planner. And he does many things at the same time. Do you get it? Now, he raises many people as pastors, founders, for, for different purposes. So, he, he, God is like, a, like somebody who is sitting there and who is about to manufacture a product. But the product has so many components. And so he runs parallel the various uh, uh, factories that produce the components. And according to how he has made you, he channels you to the factory that will make you what he wants you to be. Do you get it? And the truth is that we don't know you, me. I don't know. 
I don't know which channel I'm supposed to go. It's only time that reveals that this channel that I went to was actually the channel that was meant for me. You see, God works. When he works, it is only when time is passed that we see actually what he did. But at the beginning and in the process, we don't know what God is doing. Okay, so it's only time. Because I, I'm thinking to myself that the way my mind was working and where I was spiritually when I finished school as a doctor, if I had gone to another church and they didn't make me a pastor and they didn't encourage me into ministry, I wouldn't have complained. No, 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 I wouldn't have complained. You can ask my wife, she's here. I never would have complained. Because it was never in my heart to be a pastor. No, no. I, I, wish, I wish I could tell you that you know, when I got born again, I saw a light and the angel came and said, from today, you are going to serve me. No, no, no. It, it has never, it, no, no, I've not even had it as a dream. You see, sometimes you have dreams of things. So I've never had a dream that I'm a pastor in the dream. From up to now, up to now, I've never had a dream that I am a pastor in the dream. Do you get it? So why would I be angry? Why would I be angry if if I was not made a pastor? Because it's never one of it's never my one of my dreams. Do you get it? But but because of who I met, do you get it? Oh, put it this way. Because of the church I went to, where the vision of the church is that every member a minister. Do you get it? So listen, if, if it was not for that vision, I would not have been a pastor. And I would never have complained. But looking back now, if I had not been a pastor, and I just remain as a doctor. It would have been a wrong choice. And it would have been a life, where, a life not lived well. It's only now that I can see that this one is better than that one. Are you getting what I'm saying? And I'm, I want you to be stable where God has put you. And just allow God. You can just allow God. Now, where you are, there will always be problems. There will always be disagreements. Because, listen, listen. You're, because you are not perfect. Do you get it? Because you are not perfect. And the pastor is also not perfect. And the leaders are not perfect. There are always going to be times when the network is no good. Do you get it? There are always going to be times when the network is not good. But that the network is not good doesn't mean you should exit. Are you, are you getting my point? I wish I could tell you that there will be never be a problem in the place where if the place where God has, if wherever you are, if that is the place, you will never have a problem. You will have a problem. You have a problem, even with Jesus as your pastor. Yes, yes, yes. With Jesus as your pastor, there will be angry moments. If 
you read the Bible, you remember that there was a time where the mother of James and John, do you get it? Came to ask something. And I don't know when she asked, the other disciples were hearing. But for whatever reason, after the asking and Jesus' response, the disciples were not amused. He said, what do you think of yourself? Why should you come and bring your mother to come and ask? Uh, uh, please look for me. And there was indignation. The Bible says, and there was indignation. Then came, go on, go on, run that verse. I don't know if it's Matthew or the, another version. And said so there was indignation. And when the ten had it, they were moved with indignation against the two. You see, Jesus is the pastor, not me, not me. If, if a church of just 12 people that Jesus is the pastor, there can be a fight between, between some of the people. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So why are you using the presence of an issue in the church where you are as a reason to leave? Huh? Because when Jesus was a pastor, there was a problem. And if a servant cannot be greater than his master, then whatever the master experienced, the servant will experience his time 20. Uh, what is the meaning of indignation in English? Uh, give us NLT. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to, because listen, Satan is busy moving people out of the place where God has put them. But he has to give you a reason. So I'm also giving you the reasons or I'm trying to expose to you that that reasons that Satan gives you to move out is not valid. So that you have a reason is not a reason to move out. Because bear in mind that you don't know what God is doing. And you don't know why he brought you to this church. Because there were many churches that you could have gone to. Why did you choose to stay here? And in fact, before you were, you came to this church, you had visited many churches. Why didn't you stay there? Why did you, when you got here, you got a feeling that you must stay here? Yeah, you didn't hear a voice. That says myself. But you, somehow, you just were at peace to be here. Do you get it? Because God, God works in ways that we cannot understand and in ways that we cannot see. Listen, I got born again in another church and I was not visiting many churches. But somehow, when I got to Lighthouse, the first day, when the pastor preached, I said, ah, this pastor makes me understand the Bible. Like, like he makes me understand Christianity. I think I'll stay here. And I stayed there. And it made me stable in, the, in my work with God. That's, that's how, it's not like I saw a light and with a compass. No, no. No, I didn't have a dream of a GPS and the, the thing was moving and moving and it stopped. No, no. I didn't have any of this. It's just, it's like this place, as the pastor was preaching, I can understand the message. And it's clear to me. 
So it's a good place to be. And that's how I stayed. Have I had reasons to move out? Plenty. Plenty. Did I move out? No. Who stands to benefit by staying? Me. I hope you understanding what I'm saying. And you see, when we teach... Hey! When the ten others heard about this, they lost their tempers. Thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. No, are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So, so listen, listen. If Jesus with 12 is having an issue, I mean, when I go down, what is there? Let's read. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. <laughs> now listen, listen, listen. Please sit. There are some people. Listen, listen. It is, you see, the reason why we would always have problems and things. Do you get it? It's because we are human. And there's a fleshly aspect of us that keeps popping up and wanting to act and to be in charge all the time. Do you get it? Yeah. Because when there's, when the Bible says there's, there's the flesh warreth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, it means that there's a constant battle. And there will be moments where the pressure will be on the goal post of the flesh. And there are times where the pressure will be on the goal post of the spirit. Do you get it? So there, those moments, they are there. And they are a constant battle. And actually, that is the work that is being done in us. He who has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. That is the work that is being done in us until a point where the flesh is subdued permanently. There will always be constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. So there are moments when a Christian would, the flesh will have a, a breakthrough action. Do you get it? It's like, it's like, you know, sometimes there's a disease called epilepsy where we give them treatment so that they don't, they don't have seizures. But occasionally, do you have a breakthrough seizure where the person is fairly controlled for a number of months, but one day, at a time when probably the, the blood level of the drug is a little bit low, and at a time when there's a high level of stress or something, then they have a seizure once off. Do you get it? It's the same thing with the flesh and the spirit. We are growing. You see, most of us, when we got born again, the, the ball is being played in the goalpost of the spirit, because the spirit is the baby. So the pressure, the flesh dominates. But gradually, as we stay in church and we are growing, hearing the word and everything, the spirit also begins to grow and begins to win a few battles here and there and keeps winning. So the aim of our Christian life is to get to a place where the spirit always wins the battle. 
Do you get it? It doesn't mean that there's not going to be an argument between your spirit and your flesh. That battle is always there. But at the end of the day, your spirit will always win. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So, because of that, when people are in church, some people may have breakthrough moments of the flesh. And may do things that they shouldn't do. Do you get it? Yesterday, somebody was giving us a testimony of uh, uh, things that he did for people. And the same people, when he asked them for the same thing that he has done for them, do you get it? They refused. Because at that time, their flesh had a breakthrough. Do you get it? Their spirit didn't get a breakthrough. It's their flesh that showed up. Do you get it? It's their flesh that showed up and dominated the show and made the statement that we can't help you. Do you get it? It, it? it happens. And you also will have moments of the flesh. When your flesh breaks through and dominates. So because of that, there's, there will always be issues. But the presence of issues doesn't mean we should solve it in a way that leads to separation. Do you get it? Satan would want to separate us. So he would tell us that, that because of an issue, you should separate. He tells everybody from you and your parents, you and your siblings, you and your uh, 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 husband, you and your church, you and everybody. Satan wants you to separate. Are you with me? But you have to understand what God is doing. And say, no, the presence of a problem doesn't mean separation. The presence of a problem means solution. Are you getting what I'm saying? And I'm saying all these things to help you and to help me so that God can do with our lives what he has planned. Because it's nice to come to a place like this and you say, okay, you actually are the architect behind the building. You say, hey, I don't even, you see, I, I don't have a place like this to preach. If I show you my church where I preach, it's zinc sheets. Yeah, you won't believe it. It's zinc sheets. I wish we had a picture of orchards to show them. It's zinc sheets. You can't believe it. Oh, seriously? Oh, no. Where I preach is zinc sheets. No, no, I'm telling you today as I speak. If I say, if I go to Pretoria and I say I'm going to the church where I am, it's zinc sheets. Ah, don't you have a picture somewhere? <laughs> Do you get it? But, but, you see, by allowing myself to be led and being part of the house, you see, God is also using my life to do something meaningful. That when you come to a place like this, oh, okay. So this one was not a white man who did it. But it's the leadership of a black man. I mean, it's nice for once. I mean, for once. Because everything is like, oh, it's white people who only do nice things. But you see, what I'm trying to say is that you will not be able to manifest the wisdom, the gift of God in you 
if you don't stay in the place where God has put you. That's all I'm saying. And Satan's aim is to, by all means, take you out of that place. And he will tell you, it doesn't matter. Every church is a church. But you see, it's true. Every church is a church. But every church is not a church for you. Do you get it? It's not only about knowing God. But it's about walking in the works which God has before ordained that you should walk in. Are you with me? So I hope you are understanding why you should, be, you should stay where God has put you. You see, that is why we teach the loyalty. That is why we teach the loyalty. Because the teaching... Where are the books? You don't have anything here. The teaching of the loyalty, those books, the teaching of them... It's not to put fear in you, but it's to reveal to you the ways by which Satan will want to take you out. No, no, give me God, give me all the series. Do you get it? It's to reveal to you the different ways by which Satan would want to just kick you out. Do you get it? So all these books are they are not written. Somebody say uh, loyalty of a dog. Listen. Listen, it's fine. For being loyal, you say I'm a dog. It's okay. It's okay. I don't have a problem. You who are not a dog, and you want to go out there, go out there. Let's see. Go out there and let's see. You don't like to be with us. It's okay. It's okay. We don't have a problem. Leave us alone. Because some of us, you see, the person God has given us to lead us is our walking stick. And we, our legs are not working well. So if you are insulting the walking stick and making, you don't like the walking stick because you know how to walk and you can walk, it's fine. But for some of us, we need somebody to lead us so that we can do well. Yeah. After you have been left for 20 years and now you know you're left from your right. If you see, if you are saying that the person who has led you for 20 years now is a cult leader, it's okay. You just go. If you say that you should hear, people should hear God for themselves. Then my question is, what, when you heard God for yourself that you must leave this place, why do you now stand out and talk so other people to leave? Can't you leave them so that they would also hear the way you heard God for yourself? That they would also hear God for themselves. Do, do, you get, do you get my point? That, listen, you are the person who is saying people must know, people must hear God for themselves. No problem. You heard God for yourself that after 20 years, of being in the church and being led in the church, you should move out. Otherwise, you will not prosper. Thank you. Can you keep quiet so that others who similarly must move out can also hear God for themselves? Am I saying something wrong? But then you, you say you are not going to keep quiet, but you want to help others. 
who have not heard from God. And you are the same person who says everybody must hear God for themselves. Unless, unless you are saying, since you heard God from your, for yourself, you are now God. Are you, are, you, are you getting the point I'm saying? So listen, the beauty of these books is that they make us aware of errors in us that come naturally. Because our natural self is to quarrel. Oh, our natural self. You see husband and wife, they just had sex two hours ago. And before you realize, they are quarreling as if they have never kissed. You would have thought, ah, but you have two people, you were in the room, you were doing things. I mean, just two hours ago, you were fine. What has happened that now, all of a sudden, you are like, you never knew each other. That is the work of Satan. It's to make you quarrel. No matter what you have been before, what you have done before, his aim is to make you quarrel. So if he keeps getting, the, even in, sometimes in the midst of just being happy, it actually brings up a quarrel. <laughs> yeah, this is my church. This is my church. Why are you shocked? This is my church. This is the church where I go to. Yeah, this is the church where I go to. When I say I'm going to church, this is the church I go to. Yeah, this is the church today. Tomorrow, I mean, next Sunday, I'll be preaching there. Not, not long ago. Now, now, as I speak. But you see, the only reason this is possible is because he has decided to stay where he is. So all of a sudden, he, the one that was built for, has a better place than the one who built it. But that is life. Just as the children get a better education than the parents. You see, it is better the people you lead or you oversee are in a better place than even you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because by so doing, it shows that you are, you are leading well. And it shows that greed and selfishness is not dominating you. Yeah, because you are in a nice church. Listen, that is what God, God is the one who is doing everything. And he has decided you must have a nice church. And the one who is there leading you must not have force. For a season, it's, it's not a problem. No, for a season, it's not a problem. Yes, can't you sacrifice so that your children will have something better so that they can? Yeah, because you see, as, as, as you are here, and listen, tomorrow, tomorrow, you, when you become a pastor, in whichever town of Western Cape you are, you may even have a bigger place than your pastor who has actually raised you up. 
Oh yes, yes. Because if you need it, why not? And I'm even believing God that we will have many more of such. This is nothing. This is just a facility we need so that we can do what really God has called us to do. Because if you come like you are a young person or whatever I say, so you are going to church, somebody from your workplace follows you, and you come to a church and you are in a zinc place. They say, ah, what church is this? But if you bring your, your colleague to a place like this, at least they will respect you. They will say that, oh, this is a church. So how was this church able to do what they have done? Because as I came and I saw, I didn't see many cars rich people. Then maybe this church, the pastor must be a good pastor and a good leader. Yeah. And then they will remember that they will remember that ah, their, their church that their mother used to go to or that their mother went. They're still in a tent. And it's a 40-year-old church with so many rich people. Yeah. So without my talking, you are giving a testimony that you are in a good place. So because they say, oh, they use their, our money for, for to enrich themselves. I mean, you yourself, you can see that. It cannot be so. You can see it, isn't it? When you check what you give, and when you, vis-a-vis, vis-a-vis what you have. Do you get it? But the, the only reason why, listen, let me tell you, the only reason why what you give is important is because we, we, we value the little things. Do you get it? So we don't waste it. He's not driving uh, 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 V8. He's driving a second-hand Kia. At least it moves. So that you're little, we can use it to build for another place. And I'm waiting for you to start your branch so that we can start a building project. I'll be very happy. Because it's a great joy that, hey, this frail life of yours has brought out among many things, this one also. Yeah, it's a good thing. I said it's a good thing. You must support your pastor also. Don't quarrel with him. He's struggling to even lead you. So don't quarrel with him. When he does something wrong, you say, oh, that's a pastor, don't worry, he loves us. We know he loves us, so let's overlook it. Do you get it? And when he, Satan says, no, 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 he, he, he needs to leave. You say, hey, Satan, even Jesus had the same problem. And then you tell Satan, have you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 2024. You ask, you ask, you ask, you ask Satan, have you read Matthew chapter 2024? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anyway, I think enough of the counsel. This one is counsel. I'm now coming to preach. Now, Father, thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Your pulpit, your pulpit must change. Your pulpit doesn't fit the stage. I mean, this is this is this fits where I was, not here. Leave it, leave it for us. Leave it for us. 
Uh, how can you have this nice towel and this small pulpit? It, it, it doesn't even, we can't feel the size. Do you get it? Especially being a bishop. I mean, this movement is not correct. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not removing the speck whilst the moot is in my eye. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or oh, the log. I'm not removing the, the, the speck whilst the log is in my eye. No. I mean, the reason why he hasn't changed it is that we are also busy building for Namibia. And we are struggling... <laughs> And, you know, gathering all that we can to also complete Namibia. I mean, I think their hall is almost like this. I think it's just one column short or thereabout. But their hall is like this, yeah. So that they can also have a church in Namibia. <laughs> Hallelujah. So sometimes we don't do the things we need to do. We know what is nice and everything. But we don't rush into it because if we have it, at least you have a place like this, it's nice. Yes, there are many little, little things that must be added. But let somebody also get something, not even close to you, but at least something similar. I mean, to some level, then we can take a break and beautify and do the small, small things that needs to be done. Amen. And so remember to also give your offering and pay your tithe. Stop, stop eating your tithe. Do you get it? Don't steal from God. Amen. Good. You know what? This morning, I want to share with you something brief. I don't know how you want to title it. But basically, it is about choosing to walk where God is walking. You get it? In other words, choosing to follow God. Choosing to follow God. And it will be a short sermon. You see, many times we are not careful to analyze things for us to know what to do. You see, all of us want to experience what we describe as a good life. You see, everybody and what they describe as a good life. You see, what is a good life for you? You'd be surprised to somebody else that is not a good life. But for you, that's all you want. Do you get it? So, uh, but we, what I know is that we all want something nice to happen in our lives. We want everything, our marriages to work, our children to grow up well, we want to get a job so that food is not a problem. And all these things, isn't it? Is there anybody here who doesn't want anything good for your life? Is there anybody here who wants suffering? You want to suffer all the time. Like every time, one problem onto another problem. So when somebody says, from victory onto victory, you'll be singing, from problem onto problem. Is Ami Shahili. Till every foe is victory, and Satan is Lord indeed. Is there anybody like that? How many want good things for yourself? Now, you see, all of us unknowingly 
or on our words, have in our minds how we can have these good things. You see, some of us believe that if I can go to school and get a good job, everything will be fine. Different, everybody has in their own way how to have the good things that you desire. But who is the best person to know how to have the good things that you desire? You or God? As a you or God? Why? Because, because God has been there from the beginning. And that's number one. And therefore knows the way and how things work on earth. Even in the presence of Satan. That is why he's able to set a table before his servant in the presence of his enemies. Because he knows where the enemy's guns are. He knows what the enemy will do. And he knows how to set the table to let it be beyond the reach of his enemy. So you see, God is the best person who knows how to prosper you here on earth, even in the presence of Satan. Your duty is to fight to follow his way. Your duty is to fight to follow his way. Now, why is there a fight? If God knows, you just have to follow. No, because of the presence of the enemy who is not sitting down for you to prosper in his territory. You see, he is not sitting down for you to prosper without putting up a fight. That is why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What it means is that in building the church, the gates of hell would make an attempt to stop it. Are you with me? So, in the same way, your prosperity is also going to be fought by Satan. Even though God has desired, especially because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, God has desired to prosper you in Christ Jesus. The problem is Satan would fight you from following the instructions and the guidance that God will give you. And Satan has many tricks. You see, Satan can't stop it in terms of power for power. He can't because the power of God is greater than his power. Are you with me? Yes. But, through tricks and deception and misinformation, he will, he, will, he will resist that work of God in your life. And you have to be aware of this misinformation and this fact. Because through the deception, through the misinformation, he may, he may tell you that this way is okay, this way looks good. And, oh, you are just doing what you need to do. But meanwhile, he's not, you are not aware that you are only doing a part of what you need to do. And the part that you are not doing is actually the part that will make things work. So, I just want to read a scripture to you to show you, to draw your attention. 
how sometimes it will be small things that would prevent you from, yield, from receiving the fruit of what you really desire. So I'm going to read Isaiah 58. Sorry, Isaiah, yeah, I think 58, verse 1. Okay, just for time's sake, let's read in NLT straight away. But here is the people, the Israelites. God has chosen them. He himself called Abraham and he says, I'll make a nation out of you. Do you get it? And so, it's not like they, wake, they woke up and found God. God actually started them. It's a, it's a, it's this one is not, it's not a project they are building and they are calling God to come and help. God actually is the, is the architect and the founder and everything of the project with one man, Abraham. So he, he really wants to bless them because it is his work that he's doing. But Satan doesn't want his work to be completed. And Satan can affect God. So Satan would affect the work. I mean, Satan can't talk to God to change his mind about you. It's, it's not possible. God will never change his mind. That's why Paul will say, who shall separate us from the love of God? It, it's something, the decision of God, he doesn't need any counselor, he doesn't need any informant. That you can rest, you can have confidence in that. That you and God, your relationship and his love for you, nothing can change it. Not even your sins. I said, not even your sins can change it. If anything, your sins would, would destroy you, but it can't change God's mind about you. Yes. So, listen. Here is them. They say, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Verse 2. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day. Do you come to church every day? Is this beginning to sound like you? Is it beginning to sound like us? You know what? Let me explain something to you. Please, always pray for your pastor. And pray for your pastors. Because the greatest mistake most of us pastors make is to think that because we preach the word, we are exempt from obeying it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the deception we have as pastors is that we tend to think that because we preach the word, we are not required to obey it. Or we tend to think that preaching the word is equal to obeying it. No. No. And most of the time, when you are a pastor, when you are reading the Bible, when you are reading in a book, you are looking for a message to go and give to your people. Forgetting that actually the message is for you. So it's like I'm eating so that I can go and give them food. But even if you come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me, they act like a righteous nation that will never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. Pretending they want to be near me. <laughs> we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? 
We have been very hard on ourselves. And you don't even notice it. I will tell you why. I respond. It is because you are fasting to please yourselves. You are fasting to check the box to say, I fast. I do this, I do this. I pay my tithe. He said, even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. In other words, even whilst you are fasting, you keep doing what you know I don't like. Because to you, the fasting is more important than what I don't like. Uh-huh. You, see, you see, the things we do, we have a way through the deception of Satan to select what is important and what is not important. Yeah, yeah. So, so you see, we feel, for example, certain things, we say, no, I will never do this. But the others, we do it with ease. Because in our minds, we have been deceived to believe that this is important, this is not important. So, you see, what they were experiencing or what God was talking to them, in their minds, they were deceived to think that coming to the temple is what God wants. Yes, He wants you to come to the temple, but not before you have obeyed Him on His simple instruction, where He said, don't be harsh to your workers. Let's read on. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? <laughs> you can see us here, isn't it? Because somebody will come from a prayer meeting. And after that, we'll be sending gossiping messages. Anyway, let me know. You, if you see yourself, just, just, don't, 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 just, just take what is yours. He said, when you keep on, you say, what good is fasting? Because the fasting is meant to calm your flesh so that your spirit will be the one operating. But if after fasting your flesh is still up and running, then what is the use of the fasting? It's like somebody who says he's going to bath, and meanwhile, there's dirt all over the place yeah. and still smelly. So, what is the use of the bathing? Say, what good is fasting when you keep fighting, you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. It can get you anywhere with you, but with me. If, uh, if it's me, if you are fasting to, to, hoping that it will get you somewhere with me, then this kind will not get you anywhere with me. That's what God is saying. And many times we do things. Do you get it? Many times we do things thinking that, oh, God should be happy with us. But no, he has given us many other little instructions that we should obey. But in our minds, you see, through the deception of Satan, we, we devalue the most valuable instructions of Satan and value the unimportant things of God. I mean, we devalue the most valuable instructions of God and devalue or, or, or value the, the instructions that are nothing. And that is what God said to the Pharisees. You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and all those things. And you have neglected the weightier matters of the law. You see, it's not weightier to you, to, but to God. It's everything. Why, why should God be, be, be worried and be co- concerned about the way you treat the workers? Because your workers are his creation too. 
you ignore and, and reject and neglect other people who Christ died for. Thinking that you are okay and everything. What you don't understand is that you are neglecting something that is precious to God. It may not be precious to you, but to God it's precious. Are, are you here with me? Okay, I told you I'll preach a little bit longer. I mean, this is now, now this is actually the message. This is the, this is the what I came to preach this morning. Are you with me? And I'll summarize it. But sometimes when I summarize it too much, you will, not, you will not see yourself. I want you to see yourself in it. So it says, when you keep fighting, you will never get anywhere with me. Yeah, let's go to the next point. You humble yourself by going through the motion of penance, bowing your head like weeds bending in the wind. You dress up, you dress in bellows and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? Are you, are you with me? The next verse. No, this kind of fasting. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. And remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, now, listen. What I'm trying to draw your attention to is to see the parallel between us and the children of Israel. How God was concerned about what they were not concerned about. Are you with me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Good. So I'm, I'm about to say something. But I'm giving you a comparison to show you. Is it, because this is their principles. And the, the manifestation may be different. But the principle is the same. The manifestation may be different, but the principle is the same. So we have a situation where these are the people, they think this is what God should like. And God says, that's not what I like. Are you with me? Then, you see, the Lord says, then your salvation will, you see, when you do what I like, do you get it? Your salvation would come like the dawn. In other words, your deliverance, your help, would come like the dawn. And your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. In other words, godliness is to have things like God. Have a nature like God. Do you get it? Godliness is like to be like God in nature. So you love what God loves. You take important what God takes important. Yeah. That's what he showed them. That, it there, it says that, that, that nature, when you begin to do like the way I will do, you may not have the power to do what I can do. But when you begin to do similar things that you can do, which is within your power, like me, it will take you forward. 
It will take you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. The next verse. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumor. Do you get it? So he's going on and saying, stop doing this. These are the things that I don't want you to do. Because I want you to stay together because you are all for me. But Satan wants to divide you and divide you with these things. Satan is dividing you with these things. And your doing them is allowing Satan to prosper in my presence. This is another, another, another thing. It says, feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as, a, as bright as noon. The next verse. The Lord will guide you continuously. Giving you water when you are dry. You see, there comes a point when your, your, your resources will be finished. You may have had water up to a point, And the water is finished. But they say the Lord will give you water. Himself. When your resources are finished, He will supply you. He said, and, 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 and restoring your strength, you will be like a well watered garden, like an ever flowing spring. That's the power. This is where, you see, when you do these things, you offer Him an opportunity to bring His power to bear on your life. Are you with me? Now, what is the parallel for? Because this was what God was saying to somebody else. What is he saying to us? Or what is the, light? What is the equivalent? The equivalent is very simple. Jesus, who is God with us, said that we should not worry about what to eat, what to wear. But we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. That is the thing we don't do most. Matthew 6.33. I'm, I'm done. We want to do many things. We want to come to church and sing for God. Or sing for ourselves. We do the dancing stars. We do the, uh, 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 the poopy stars. What else do you do? What other stars? We do all those things. And we are happy to even come to church every Sunday morning. Do you get it? But the real thing God says we should do, which will bring the supply of all that we want, is to seek first the kingdom of God is righteousness. What does it mean? It means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot. But I will not bore you with everything. Listen, there are two things into broad categories that God has desired of you. His kingdom in you and his kingdom through you. His kingdom in you is you becoming what he has said you are. That's what Paul says. Putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Most of us don't care about that aspect. Most of us come to church for years. But we don't work on the things that should change in us. And that is because we are not seeking the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. No. 
your change from your old man to manifest the new man is a reflection of the kingdom of God in you. It shows that God is in charge of you and not Satan. And his kingdom through you. When we now begin to give ourselves to be used by God for others to receive the good news of Christ. Most of us seated here, we are not, we are, you see, it, it, it's, I've come to realize that anybody who seeks the kingdom of God in them would naturally seek the kingdom of God through them. The reason why we are not interested in being Basenta leaders to share Christ with people and to shepherd people is because we have neglected the work of God in us. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've been coming to church for five years, but in us, nothing has changed. We are like duck. You know the duck and the feather. When you pour water on it, the water just forms bubbles and rolls off. The word is coming, but it's not impacting us. It's not changing us. Because we have not made our mind to see the work of God in us happen. Listen, when the work of God begins to happen in you, it will naturally happen through you. Mm-hmm. And you see, it's the reason why you are resistant to being a basenta leader, to being involved in other people's coming to know Jesus. And that is the heart of God, though. The Lord is not stuck concerning His promises, but not wanting that any should perish, that all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ. That's why He has delayed most of the promises He has made concerning judgment. So that others, more people can be reached. But the people He is depending on, who is, which is us, are not interested in what He is interested in. We are interested in our prosperity. We are interested in what will make us feel good. And moreover, we keep calling on him to, 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 to supply us what we need. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let me close with this statement. You see, the presence of God, listen, the presence of God makes all the difference. Wherever it is. When God shows up, His presence, demons have to go. They are not asked to go. They start the conversation. When Jesus went into the synagogue in Mark chapter 1, it was not the priest who knew who Jesus is. It's the demons who started saying, what do you want here? Why have you come here? It's not time yet. So what do you want? And Jesus said, go out. He didn't say, I won't go. He went. You see, the things you don't have and all our life struggle is because God's presence is not with us. And the reason why God's presence is not with us is not because God hates us, but it's because 
We have chosen to walk on a path that God is not walking. We have chosen to go where God is not going. And unfortunately, we don't lead God to determine where He should go. He leads us and we follow. So, if we choose not to follow Him, we choose to give up His presence with us. I, I don't know if you understand what I said. Maybe I can demonstrate it for you. Come. I'm not God, but let's assume that I have a presence that can make you prosper. Let's go up the stage so that everybody can see us. Maybe, maybe I, need, I need one more person. Come. Yeah, come. Okay, so here am I. I'm the one that can make these two people prosper. My presence, my involvement in their lives, my counsel is what is going to make them prosper. Now, all of them say they want to prosper. Are you with me? Now, the two of you, come here, you come here, stand here, stand here. No, okay, no, no, stand, just stand with me. I'm going to, I'm going to go in one direction. Do you get it? And the two of you must choose different directions. Do you get it? So that they can understand what I'm saying. So I'm going here. Maybe you decide where, who wants to follow me and who wants to do his own thing. Okay, so I'm going. So I'm there. I want to go and talk to the drama. So I'm going. Okay. So you have decided to follow me. You are following me. Then follow me properly. So, so like I'm saying, I'm going to talk to him about this. But what do you need? What do you need? You need, uh, you need uh, what? You need for your business to top up. It will work. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you see, now he says he wants to prosper. But he has chosen not to follow me. And meanwhile, I'm the one. He is not leading me. I am the one going. I don't know if you understand it. So the one who follows me is not, you see, he doesn't need an effort to have my input in his life. He doesn't need an effort to have my wisdom because he is following me. That's what he said. That you pretend, give me that uh, 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 Isaiah. He said, you pretend to be near me. Or you pretend you want to be near me. He says, you pretend. You want to be near me. Take, take us like a few verses. I think verse 4 or verse 3. It says you pretend you want to be near me. Meanwhile, your actions is, is nothing but to be near me. He said they ask me to take action on behalf. Pretending they want to be near. You see, he didn't say pretending they want me to be near. They want me to be near. But pretending they want to be near me. But doing everything that is but near me. God, when he became man, in the person of Jesus, said, this is the way to prosperity. Seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you would have his input in your life for other things you are doing. Because, you, you see, that is what he wants to do. The son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. So if you go to saving, seeking that which is lost, you can be sure to meet the son of man there. So our struggle is because what, the way we have been shown to go, we don't, you see, we have trivialized it. And, and we think that the real way to go is the way to bribe God by giving offering once a while. When we don't even pay our tithes. When we want a job and then we say we want to give a special offering for this. We want to sow a seed towards this, 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 this uh, uh, job. Meanwhile, for two years, you have not paid your tithes. You have not given up. You, you don't even do anything. You have not even spoken about any so in your prayers. In all your prayers, there's nothing about God's purpose. You have not sought your, there was no half a day where you have prayed, Lord, let salvation come to humanity. Let your name be known. Let this, nothing, nothing, nothing. All your prayers is about me, myself, and I. Listen. Young ones, don't think you are exempted from what I'm saying. Start it whilst you are young. So that you prosper early. I said, start it when you are young, so that you prosper early. I pray that we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Listen, God wants to prosper us. The, our, the, the only reason why we are struggling with prosperity is because of what we don't know and what we don't understand, which God does. And if we are near him, by, by following what he is doing, you will be near him when you go to where he is and follow him on the road he is walking. This simple logic has escaped many Christians. Listen, being a Christian is not just going to heaven. Being a Christian involves living life here on earth as a reflection of somebody who belongs to God. And to live that life here on earth as a reflection of somebody who belongs to God, you need his power, you need his presence in your life all the time. And the only way is to follow him on the road he is walking because you are not leading him, he is leading you. And if you don't follow him, you will lose his presence. And you lose his counsel. You lose everything about him. Because you are not following him. Yeah. From today, rise up. Rise up and be, do, ask yourself, what is the Lord doing? Lord, that's what I want to do. Because I want to be near you. Mm-hmm. The Lord is not sitting here and just, hey, we come here, we lift up our hands and we go. No, no, no. He's busy in the field. Souls are perishing. Souls are dying. How many really will die in Christ? He's out there. He's out there. When Jesus was told that a large crowd is looking for you, 
after you have done the miracles and everything? His response is, let's leave the crowd and go to other towns so that they will also experience me. The son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. He's not seeking and saving that which is lost in the church alone. He's seeking and saving that which is lost out there. Your participation in the seeking and saving that lost grants you the opportunity to have his presence with you. And when the presence is with you, he will not only help you to save and to seek that which is lost, but he will also seek to your well-being. Because the Bible says the righteous man has regard for his beast. And God is righteous. So if you are the beast of God that is using you to do things, he will have regard for you. A righteous man regarded the life of his beast. A righteous man, a righteous man regarded the life of his beast. If a righteous man has regard for the life of his beast, God would have more than regard for the life of his beast. This is what most people don't understand. Yeah. And this is what is so difficult. It's like it's a rocket science. But me, I'm grateful that even though I didn't understand, I just followed. Now I understand. Now I can preach to explain it. But before, I just followed, not knowing. But I just said, it's a nice thing. Let me do it. But I pray that you, having received the wisdom and the understanding, will intentionally and diligently do it for your blessing and your prosperity. When you wake up in the morning, spend some time to pray for the kingdom of God. When you go to bed at night, Spend some time to pray for the kingdom of God. Remember, the kingdom of God in you and the kingdom of God through you. God bless you. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let's, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. I want us to pray. Thank you. You missed it. I want us to pray to God and ask Lord, be merciful unto me. Let's pray. Lord, be merciful unto me and help me to do, to understand and to follow you. It's not, your, it's not my way, but it's your way. Not my will, but your will. Let your will be done in my life. You have said, I should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is the kingdom of God that I will seek. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That I may prosper. Oh, Father, let prosperity come to the lives of your people in every way and in every dimension that they have known. Deliver them from curses and the wickedness of the enemy. Let our lives be a blessed life because we chose to follow you. We chose to, lead. We chose to, to be where you are. Lead me, Lord, and I will go. Teach me your ways that I may follow you. 
that I may walk ah, in them. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let yes, Lord. Your people's life reflect your glory. Yes, Lord. Let our lives reflect your glory. Let our lives reflect your glory. Today we are nobody, but because we chose yes, to follow you, yes, Lord. We shall be great men and women who serve you. Yes, Lord. Who have abundance of all good things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Deliver us from the deception of the enemy. Deliver us. Deliver us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Rakata Rosikitalaba. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. We thank you. We thank Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, you have promised us that when we do what you want, you will supply us with water when we are dry. You will cause our bones to be fat and you will fill us. We shall be like a spring that never runs dry, a garden that is well watered. Thank you that you don't promise and never carry it out. We have to do our part. And we thank you for the grace, the help of the Holy Spirit who would make us and help us to do our part. Father, we accept as truth that seeking the kingdom of God, your kingdom and its righteousness will bring into our lives all that we have ever needed and all that we have desired. Health, strength, Supply of all good things shall be our portion just because we chose the way that you have chosen. We seek your kingdom in us. Let our lives reflect your, your dominion and your kingship. Let our lives do your will. Let our lives obey your instructions concerning one another whatever needs to change in us we put off the old man and put on the new man that men will know that indeed the kingdom of God has come in us Lord thank you that through us you shall manifest your kingdom through us through us feeding them that are hungry yes, Lord. with your word. Oh yes. Oh yes. Setting free them that are, them that are bound yes, Lord. with your word. Through your word, Lord, your word, Lord. Deliverance, deliverance shall come to people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. As we rise up to take oh, yes. our mantle Most of shepherding. Up, we are rising up, Lord. To become oh, basenta leaders. leaders, Lord. To become pastors. To become pastors, Lord. Who feed your flock yes, Lord. with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Lord, we ask you for Cape. You know, we ask you for Western Cape. Yes, Lord. In the name of Through Lord. our lives, Western let many Cape, congregations Lord. come forth. Where your name is lifted up. Where you are the King of Kings yes, and the Lord of Lords. Yes, Lord. Lord, we do it not for a name for ourselves. But we do it because that is what you have said we should do. Go ye into all the world. Lord, thank you that you instructed us to start in Judea. 
to start in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria. Wherever our Judea, our Jerusalem is, Lord, let us saturate the place by obeying you and availing ourselves as vessels to you. Lord, our Judea equivalent, let it be filled with churches where your rulership is acknowledged and where your name is declared as a name above every other name. Our Samaria, Lord, let our presence be felt there. We desire of you. For we know you are in Samaria. Seeking the lost. Yes, Lord. Therefore, we shall come to Samaria to yes, you. Yes, yes. Father, the uttermost parts of the earth, the uttermost parts of we know you are there. You are seeking and saving the Lord. We will come there with you. That we may have your nearness with us. That you will supply our lives with the abundance of all good things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let none under the sound of my voice turn out different except for what you have purpose for the yes, Lord. Every satanic agenda hey, in whatever form hey, and presentation hey, it fails today hey, in the name Jesus of Jesus. Name. They are becoming what you have called them to be. Yes, Lord. They are becoming what you have called them to be. Yes, Lord. Because you shall supply them with strength. Yes. You shall supply all of us with strength. Amen. Our knees shall be strengthened. Amen. Our arms shall be strengthened. Amen. And like eagles, mm. we shall mount up Amen. to go and do your will. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For peace hey, within. Thank you for fulfillment Thank in our lives. Thank you that we shall have no occasion to be depressed. Because we shall see your hands yes, Lord. at work in our lives in diverse ways and in diverse manners. And our praise shall arise unto you all the days of our lives. Thank you that you shall fill our lives with good days, with health and strength, with long life. You shall prosper us. Yes, Lord. And we shall be a blessing to humanity. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. You cannot follow God if you are still not, if you are not at peace with Him. And the Bible says our sins make us be separated from God. And therefore, to follow God needs the dealing with your sins. And the one who has provision to wipe away your sins so that you can come back to God again is Jesus. But you first need to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, if all it takes to get back to God is to accept Jesus as a son of God who came to die for my sins and rose again. Then I want to do that. Because I need God in this life. I've tried on my own and it has not been easy, Lord. Therefore, I come 
to you, God, receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Every head bowed and every eye You want me to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Please come forward. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come quickly. Let me pray. I know I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to come quickly. I want to pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Come. 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 Quickly. Let him have his way. Come unto Jesus. Who else wants to give your life to Jesus? Come and join me. Come. Come. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Are there some people coming? Let us pray. My sister, I wanted to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father. And congregation, let's all join in and pray together. Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Just as I am. Just as I am. I know that I have not been the way you want me to be. I've lived my life according to my own ways. But today, I change my mind and I come to you as my creator, as my God. And I accept your leadership. And I accept your guidance. And I receive every instruction of you to walk according to your ways. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I declare my faith in Jesus as your son. He came to die for my sins. His blood was shed on Calvary. He rose again after three days. Seated at your right hand. I receive his blood, I receive his blood to, cleanse me to cleanse me of all my sins. Of all my sins. By, his blood, By his blood, I come to you, Lord, to you, Lord as, my father. as my Father. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins that I have received today. Jesus, Jesus. By, this prayer, by this prayer, I invite you into my heart. As my Lord and as my Savior. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit to help me to walk with you all the days of my life. By your power, I shall declare your goodness to the world around me. Thank you, Father, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in me and being with me to help me. Amen. Father, I thank you for this precious soul. Let her stand out special. Let her life testify your truth. 
Let her life testify your truth. Let help come to her where there is a need for help. And answer her in a special way that she may know that you are God. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.